Hello, and welcome to the Cash News Podcast, informative conversations about all things currency and cash. We'll share insights on the issues affecting the world of cash today, like cash security, payments technology, and the cash supply chain. Your hosts, Tom Meehan and Sean Ferrari, hope to inform industry professionals and support better cash security and management by sharing the latest information on trends, strategies, and technology. This is the Cash News Podcast. Now, here's Tom and Sean. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cash News Podcast. I'm joined, as usual, by my rock star co-host here, Sean Ferrari, uh, with Currency Research. Just as a tidbit, we're remote, right, because of COVID, and I think one of us might be outside, so if you hear any background noise... (laughs) Just keep that in mind. I I know that everybody's kind of used to the remote activities today and we do tape live and we generally don't edit. So we kind of go with it. So if the dog barks or the children scream, we're just going to keep going through it. Sean, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'll I'll confess. I'm the one that's uh, outside today. The kids are are home from school as their classes were. Somebody in their class was exposed to COVID, so everybody's home. So we're we're navigating through this uh, new back to school world. So we're hoping it it irons out. But but otherwise, doing well. Looking forward to chatting this week. Hope everybody's safe and healthy out there and enjoyed the past few weeks of content. Yeah. So episode fourteen today, and episode fifteen will be kind of our previous seven quick recap. And today. We're not going to have a guest on. We're just going to talk about some current events in currency. Oh, look at that. Current events in currency. Events. There you go. There's that another tag or something. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think we're going to do this every now and then. And I, it's important to probably note that some of this is just stuff that we're reading and we're going to chit chat about. Interestingly enough, and I don't know why, I, I was in Europe last week. But this morning, there were a couple articles actually today and yesterday and the day before about cash usage and COVID again. And um I'll start with the one out of France, which I thought was really well-written. And it basically talked about how some merchants in France were putting up signage to say, no cash, please, um, or no cash accepted. And in France, the law does not allow that. So you, you you cannot refuse to take cash. But interestingly enough, in this article, they talked about how some retailers, and this is predominantly merchants, restaurant and retail merchants is what they really talked about, are taking advantage of some of the ways you can refuse cash in in France. And I thought it was interesting because while you legally have to accept cash as a tender, if the bills are considered extremely poor condition, you could avoid taking it. Also, you could refuse, not that this I think happens often because this is probably another one taking cash if the transaction includes more than 50 coins. You could also, and this is, I think, one of the loopholes that probably is is happening the most is you can refuse to take cash if you don't have cash to provide as change. So if you don't have change, you don't have to take it. So this was one of the things that came up. And then the notes are no longer in circulation, which I think is kind of a an interesting one. The money is fake, which is a no-brainer, right? Completely get it. But it was a really interesting article of how and Sean and I say this every week, but COVID always comes up, right? Like the kids are home from school. This is this reinvigorated the COVID argument of whether cash was safe. And oh gosh, I can't remember what it was at this point, but we spoke together I, I, I at a currency research event and then an event overseas about you know the, da- the misleading information about cash and how it isn't actually dangerous and money is dirty, right? There are germs on it. Like, but let's, let's be, but, but it's no, 
no different than anything else. And in case you can't hear that, that is my dog barking. So, uh, so um, I apologize, but you're sure. I mean, I know we talked about it, but do you think, yeah. what are your thoughts as it's resurfaced? No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's going to resurface, right. As, as, COVID is, is popping, particularly here in the U.S., you know, people start talking about things again. And I think it's been pretty proven, though, that, as you say, I mean, if you if you go out and you study, is cash dirty and is COVID on, can it be on a note? Sure, of course it can. But so can everything else known to man. So, you know, you, you don't really want to, uh, don't put it in your mouth, wash your hands after you touch it, but not because of COVID, just because yes. it's, it's dirty, it carries things. But the other thing to note about particularly U.S. currency, because it is that cotton linen blend, it's a very porous substrate. So it actually, this sounds bad, but it's good. I mean, it it traps the dirt and the virus in those pores. So it doesn't transmit off of it as easily as it does a plastic or a metal that as soon as you touch it, like a doorknob, or you could say a credit card, but we don't have to have a payment war here, but just like, you know, and anything, anything smooth that you're touching, whatever's on it will transfer off. Whereas currency will tend to hold it and it holds it for long enough that generally if it's a virus, it dies. So, you know, there's been a fair number of studies out there and the ECB, European Central Bank did a good one. They were on a webinar we did last year over last summer, I believe it, it was, where they talked about that research. So if anybody's listening and wants to, to see it, you know, shoot shoot me a note or Tom a note, we can we can find it. But we've, we've got that up on our, our website at Currency Research and we can, you know, show, show you that study by the ECB that was pretty good on, on that. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's good news to say don't touch cash. It's going to help transmit the virus. However, the science really just isn't there for that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, as you know, I've spoken about this many times and uh, my background is in risk, right? So I really dug in and, and every study that I found, one thing was really important to note is that money is not equal around the world. It's not the same materials. So there are differences, but there were no scientific evidence to show anywhere that COVID was transmitted. Now, however, there was scientific evidence to show other bacteria was transferred. But to your point, it was also important to note that in one study they did, and this was definitely European where where it's chip and pin versus chip and signature, that you had a higher likelihood to transmit not COVID, just something by using the same pin pad that everybody used. Obviously, we're in the business of cash, both of us. But the reality is, I hate to use this term because it sometimes people explode. It is really trust the science. And there really is a lot out there. This article really wasn't about whether it was safe or not. It was actually more about it's not right. It's against the law that, that merchants shouldn't be doing this. And I thought it was it was interesting that it was you know published September 8th. And then additionally, and I know Sean and I talked offline and chuckled about this, there was another article And this is kind of just a buyer beware statement. I say this all the time. And when I speak about social medias, so there was this article that was in a major publication that said what you need to know about cash. And so immediately, you know, COVID and cash. So I got that on my feed because I pull all this stuff in and I, and I read the article. It really didn't talk to anything scientific or anything more than digital payments are up. And I was scratching my head because um, it was in a, a Yahoo form page and um, what did not say anything about it being sponsored. But I read the article and then at the end of the article, it said, there's no doubt that cash usage is down and, and you can use our digital service. So it was an advertising driven. And if you didn't read the whole article, which by the way, I didn't read the whole article the first time I read half of it and was like, this is kind of no information. Like, it, So I stopped reading it, but then I went back and read it. If you didn't read the whole article, you might be loaded into thinking something is there. And 
it was written in the sense that consumer trends, cash could be dangerous. I'll give them credit in not saying it was. But at the end, this is the buyer beware statement is major publication. Was, it's, it's a sponsored advertisement for a company that is selling a prepaid debit card. At the end, the last two paragraphs, that's all they talked about is how much easier, how much better was it really about safety? Why I think it's important is in the last two years, we probably have seen more polarization of the media and, and things that are challenging is it's super important if you're listening and you do what I do, which is consume a lot of media that you take the time to use judgment and go, let me just dig a little deeper because I think there is a lot of misinformation out there. And yeah. like, you, know, you said the study, that's great, but there's a lot of no, anecdotal I, stuff. out. Yeah, there. no. And I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of threads of truth in it, right? I mean, if you take the one piece of it where it's like cash use is declining, digital payments are up. Okay. On the face, that's actually true to some degree, right? I mean, you, we listened, we had Alex on a couple of weeks ago on the podcast from the Fed and he talked about the diary consumer payment choice. And, you know, you can see this year compared to last year, compared to the year before, COVID's definitely had an effect and, and pushed people to more electronic payments. But that doesn't mean that cash is, is by any means going away. Um, it's just being used differently. And there's still a whole lot of it out there and more of it out there this year than last year. And it's continuing to grow. So I think it's it's easy to get less than half of a story by just, by just throwing out kind of like a, a one-liner of, oh, there's more digital payments going on now. Oh, yes, true. But there's also more cash out there. It's still being used just in a, in a different way and circulating differently, which is what we always talk about. But, but yeah, definitely reader beware of, of, you know, what you're reading. Cause a lot of stuff, particularly on the websites now looks like news and it's really just a, a paid advertisement report that's yep. out there. Yeah. And, and I also think to your point that there is a level of, and I think we joked a little bit about this is filler, like oh, this France, newspaper. I'm not sure that that was a key story for them. It was just something to put in. So it is a story that draws attention, like cash is dead or COVID, you know, it draws attention. And I, I always will say, because I write a lot, you know, the headline matters. If I write an article and I just simply put, here's the cash usage, people aren't, they, they, you have to have <laughs> some sort of, you know, to, to bite to it. And the diary study is because it's real. I use that as really the gauge for us. And uh, when I look at it, you hit the nail on the head. It, it's just different. And look, I think you and I are realists and we say it all the time. Digitization has been happening and will continue to happen. COVID did accelerate it. There's just a simple, like, and it needed to happen because there were things that occurred that were different. And although my business, my day job is 70% cash related, the other is all digitization. And we know that there's a need for a balance. So uh, yeah. we'll continue to bring it up. I think it's interesting for me. I think the interesting point was, huh, in September, literally a year later from when they were all over, the, there's still news articles that are popping up. And in the three that I read this week, none of them had any real scientific data to it. And the truth is the scientific data ones, when we say cash is dirty, I think it's important to say it's no more dirty than your cell phone and the whole credit card angle of handing someone and putting in the machine, all those things. I, I think it's the same thing. I, I don't think you're licking your ATM card after you put it in you know, the machine. So it's the same kind of principle <laughs> of germs are germs, but it's also important to note, and I think I'd be remiss, is we don't know enough. COVID's too new. We don't know enough. So we'll continue to, to bring it up on the call. And I think we'll, if we can find an expert, we'll get an expert on. I think it'd be great. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do some digging. Yeah, no, we can do that. And I think the other 
person or group we'll have on in the future. You mentioned kind of the, the France piece about, you know, that was less about it being dirty, although it, it mentioned it, but but more about just acceptance overall. I think, you know, the uh, we'll probably get somebody from the Consumer Payments Coalition or, or whatever that, that group is called. I get the acronym wrong all the time. But that group on to, to talk about what's going on in the U.S. as well in, in that. Because it's, it's hard. I mean, yeah, you have state after state that like you're saying with France has a law that's put in place that says you must accept cash. I don't think I've ever heard of it. I could be wrong here, but I don't think I've ever heard of that being enforced. If a retailer is going to say, no, I'm not going to take it. Are the cops going to show up? Is Who's going to show How do you enforce that? I don't think I've, I could be wrong. And I, if someone knows of it being enforced, definitely let me know. But I've never heard of anybody doing anything about it other than maybe yeah. a stern letter. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 the, and the, the interesting point there is though that you bring up a, a really great point of like even choice of payment in the US. So how does that get enforced? Like, does it mean, you know, what's going to happen? A customer has to write a letter and then someone has to investigate it and there's a fine. I think the deterrence value of having the law is to let people know that you could have it, but that's a point that we don't really explore a lot is. And the other thing is I travel a lot with the exception of the very, very beginning of the pandemic. I've never actually been anywhere where I couldn't pay any way I want, even when there was a sign that said it. As a matter of fact, I think in what I've seen recently is signs among like, you know, we don't have back to like the days of big bills and counterfeit money. Like we don't, we don't have a lot of bills. So it'd be appreciative if you could give us exact change. I've seen more of that. You know, I haven't really seen it. And in Germany, I mean, people use cash, right? Like there's yeah, that's heavy cash. Yeah. And so when I was in Germany, I always ask my colleagues and friends in Germany and they're like, oh, no, no, we're, we don't, we're never going to stop. And it's, so it's, it's cultural as well. Um, just like in the US, if you travel and I was in, you know, a couple of Midwestern states, it was predominant. I watched, it was predominantly cash. Yep. You know, and I was in Springfield, Missouri, and I went into a store and I watched every single person in front of me pay with cash. So there is, that is a reality. I think Sean and I don't live in, in Springfield, Missouri, so we don't have the context, but when you go and see it in Arizona, definitely, you know, and I, I travel often, and I see that. So it's always important to note. I know that we're wrapping up soon, but I wanted to talk about cryptocurrency because there's so much going on in it. And, you know, from El Salvador uh, taking it as, you know, a legal form of tender and the government accepting it to some of the things going on in Afghanistan with it. So I guess we'll start with the probably conversation. I think we actually talked about this at a very high level a couple months ago on, on a podcast of when we were talking about digital payments and that El Salvador was going to uh, put it in. But it, it's interesting. It got a lot of press. I'm going to read this headline because it puts, for me anyway, it puts a lot into context. So in Forbes, it's, you know, it was, let me just make sure it's Forbes. I'm looking at my notes before I say it. Yeah, it was Forbes. El Salvador goes on a $21 million crypto buying spree as Bitcoin becomes legal tender. So for everybody, and I'm big into crypto and big into Bitcoin that have been for many years from a risk standpoint, anybody who wants to use El Salvador as an experiment to what would happen in the US, just remember that headline that, that $21 million for the government of El Salvador is huge. It's not a developed country. It's actually probably as someone that's an expert in risk, and it's actually don't even remotely use it as an example because unstable government, their fiat system is maybe, Sean probably knows better, the most disrupted in the world. Well, it's exciting to see a government do it. It's not even a real good study for us yeah. in the U.S. No, right? yeah. I, no, I agree. I mean, you even see the the folks in crypto, Bitcoin, and others that are they live in risk. I mean, wide swings all over the place all the time. Even said 
kind of devalued a bit, right? Saying like, oh, this is a bit of a risky market for us. So when you have them even saying it's a bit risky, you have to kind of pump the brakes on any excitement of how it could apply. That said, it is interesting to watch, see what happens. There's always learnings that can be taken from it. And I know we were internally at Currency Research thinking we're doing a, a digital currency conference in, in February in, in DC. You know, we're like, can we get somebody from El Salvador or the government or the central bank or whatever there to, to talk about it? I mean, there's it, it might not apply to everybody, but there's some things that could come out of it that could be interesting yeah. to talk about. So, yeah. So it's funny because when it came up, people asked me what I thought. And I, I just said exactly what I said. I said, I think it's very interesting to your point, but I wouldn't use it to base anything in a developed market because it's not a great way to, to manage what we would do here or any, any development country, even a smaller developed country, you would still say like, okay, that has a very stable, system. but it is, it's interesting and exciting to see what will come out of it. And then here comes the, the polar opposite of cryptocurrency is that, you know, so the uh, Wall Street Journal had a great article about crypto, the growing use of cryptocurrency in Afghanistan poses security concerns. And so this is this double-edged sort of crypto of, um, we often hear about the nefarious pieces. This was really actually an, a really great article. So I encourage people to go look at it because I won't do it justice in the three, four minutes. But it talks about how, well, again, it's hard to compare to a very developed country. Their banking system, just they just shut it down, right? Like they, when everything occurred and the, um, the Taliban, unfortunately, their traditional banking just stopped. Like the money became that. So, and then Hawala's, even the Hawala networks, for those of you that aren't familiar with, is basically like the unauthorized Western Union or like, you know, you're bringing money and, and people pass along went down. But then it was interesting that they actually had folks that they, interviewed who say that the digital currency transfers are taking over for the wallets. And it's there's one gentleman they quoted and he just simply said, it's really easy to exchange and send money from one place to another with Bitcoin, much easier than Hawala's. So, and this is the interesting part. This article, while it, it talks about the potential misuse, it also just talks about you have a country that shut down their banking system. So now you have people going, I can't use this money. If I had money in the bank, I can't get it. So crypto is very, very interesting. It, no, but I mean, it definitely throws a use case up for it that, you know, <laughs> that hasn't been looked at before. Your government gets taken over and all of the money that's there you can't get. So what do you do? It's kind of like a, a, a good use case for for crypto. And I know from my, my days at the Fed, a lot of U.S. currency was going into Afghanistan. There's a Tons. lot of currency that goes into that. Tons yeah. Yeah. goes in. And that yeah. that's shut off, right? That's not mm. happening anymore as far as we know. So, you know, when that dries up, you got to do something as a country. I mean, you have to transact. So crypto is an alternative. And yeah, there are dark sides, as we've talked about, of it. But there's also, yeah. you know, there's also good pieces of it that it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Now, while they didn't quote who it was, someone from the Treasury Department made a point to say that uh, the Hawalas had basically been shut down as well because again, there, there was no way to change money. And I, I didn't, shame on me for not really digging in as much on the Afghanistan piece from the banking side, but you know, their central banking folks fled the country. So, I mean, they shut the doors and left. I mean, this, so right. there is no, as of right now, there is no banking system in this country and it's not a small country. It's important to know it. Like, so to your point, I think we will keep an eye on this because this will evolve and there will be some sort of fiat comeback. I, there has to be, right? We know that, you know, that, but not that I think that this could happen a lot, but it isn't, you know, out of the norm that countries will get overturned, governments and people will leave. And the reality is if your central bank governors leave and, and they shut everything, the system just stops working. It, it ends up being, and then also 
I don't know that again, and Sean, this is something we'll, we'll keep up together on is I don't know what happens to the value of paper anyway there, you know, so at this point. Yeah. With a nation's own currency in in that situation, there's no way to tell if you're us based, you know, if you use the us dollar, uh, yeah, which is used know. a lot there, then you, yeah. you're at least using the US dollar. But when you have a situation like this, is it still being used? I don't know. I assume to some degree it's trading in there, but I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 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 again, and, and the interesting part here is we only know what you can read because in these scenarios, there is a lot of misinformation, not on purpose, but just surely because you get one side and not the other. There's no flip side of it, but we'll, we'll definitely stay on it. But I mean, I think the topic here is that there are so many stories just from today about cryptocurrency that are both good and bad. And, and my last piece here will be kind of, and again, this is a um, kind of uh, Coinbase and, and you talked about the volatility, made a point to say that, you know, while crypto has seen the, the highest increases, you know, we've also seen $400 billion crashes, you know, so to be very mindful. And that's what I immediately think of in you know, just using El Salvador. What happens tomorrow when that $21 million becomes $2? You know, because there's a crash. Like what happens to an underdeveloped country when they invest $21 million and, and it ends up being a million? And, and what do you do? Can they hold on long enough where a developed country, you know, $21 million to, to the US wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't even talk about it you know, the, the, that, that piece. Um, and in some countries, you probably wouldn't even talk about a billion dollars when you think of in, in the US and some of these other development, developed countries. And Elon Musk, I forgot what, how much it was, but it was definitely more than 21 million that they, they put in when Tesla did it. So, you know, you have US companies investing more than this country into Bitcoin. So definitely, definitely interesting stuff. I know, I, I know that um, you have some info on the upcoming uh, currency research event. So I'll turn it over to you. Thanks everybody for listening to us chat. Um, but again, I think this just shows that there's so much to talk about and we want to really get people together so we can get with the experts, you know, and, and talk about this stuff. So yeah, our events, I know there's been a lot of questions lately, given where COVID is right now. Are they happening? Are they not? I can say that we're still planning to go ahead with our San Diego cash cycle seminar in early December, December six to nine. You know, we've got a lot of good sponsors signed up. We're getting some traction with with some other delegates. So I think, you know, definitely be on the lookout for that. As we go through this, I think there's a big need right now to just talk about topics. And we're definitely going to talk about what's going, going on with COVID, how that's changed the cash cycle, what's going on with efficiencies. And I think access to cash, financial inclusion, those types of things will be talked about. It's going to be an interesting, interesting session. And we're also thinking of talking about from a workshop angle, maybe digging some more into the cannabis side of things um, and really getting folks together and talk about cannabis cash and, and what's going on there and help help that industry understand a little more about transacting in cash and how to do that safely and securely and efficiently. So anyway, that's still all steam ahead. Uh, And then in February in DC, we've got the Banknote and Currency Conference talking about all the big stuff with with currency uh, in terms of design, distribution, features, substrates, and that's looking really good. And then we've got a digital currency conference to talk about all the stuff that we've just been talking about immediately following that conference in February in DC. And I know that's just a a short rundown of the cash uh, related events we've got going, but looking forward, still still going to crack on with them. So uh, we, we appreciate everybody going to take a look. You can go to currencyresearch.com and take a look at them if you want. That's that's really it from an event standpoint right now, just trying to get those off the ground and going. So if anybody wants to, to has a topic um, for us here on the podcast or for me to, to include in the, the conference um, or wants to be a speaker, again, either here and or at the conference, <laughs> please uh, shoot us a, give us a holler and let us know. But with that, Tom, I think we covered a lot of ground today. So, so I think we will say 
farewell and thank everybody for listening. I don't know if you have any final words, but for me, thanks for listening and we'll see you again in a week or two. I, I think you hit it on the head. It's great to have everybody on and hopefully um, Sean and I rambling about the current events was, was interesting. Please, by all means, and I think we say it, but don't probably say it enough, reach out, whether you reach out to us directly via LinkedIn, through the Cash News website. If you have topics you want to cover or it's an open platform, we would love uh, to hear feedback Please like and subscribe on whatever you listen to. It actually really does help us get more people. And and thank you, as always, to Currency Research and Control Tech for allowing us to do these. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Cash News Podcast. We hope you found this episode insightful. Don't forget to like and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and be sure to visit us at thecashnews.com to stay up to date with the latest on the world of cash. Thanks again for listening to the Cash News Podcast.